from the capital of the Commonwealth. This is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Best words in radio. It's a feel-good Thursday on the Sports Hub. Sean Robertson from CBS 6 makes it so. He is here. He is live. He is in studio, which means so am I. Welcome to the Sports Huddle, <laughs> 1061 ESPN. Bob and Sean for you. a minute there. No. no. <laughs> All sincerity. All sincerity. Happy to have you here. You're, you're my excuse to come into the studio no, at least not, once a week. I I'm like not a man in regards to you coming into the studio. I know we talked about that earlier. Oh, yeah. I, it was a game-time decision, but I plow through, man. I'm and, I, like, and I saw why you were on assignment. I was on assignment. I guess now it can be revealed. <laughs> I'm not sure um, I hadn't revealed. I don't think I did, actually. So should I? Do, do people care? I mean, it's out there on social media. It's, it is out there on social in the, media. In the social media sphere, so I... So you knew where I was. I did get a... I got a, got a peek in where you were. Well, I think it was kind of a neat story for us at Richmond. Yes. Richmond Spiders, anyway. So a group of us went to New York um, yesterday for the Blue Jays-Yankees game. Not so much the game itself, mm-hmm. but because in the one dugout for the Toronto Blue Jays, their first base coach, Mark Bedzinski, former Richmond Spider standout baseball player, and in the first base dugout on the home side for the New York Yankees, Sean Casey. Yep. You know, former not only Richmond Spider great, but major league great. Were I they teammates? Could, they were teammates. They were teammates. They were okay. here together, 93, 94, 95, when they went to the uh, NCAA regionals in 95, won a game. First ever win for Spider Baseball in the NCAA tournament. There have been more since, but not in quite some time, unfortunately. Uh, Sean Casey won the NCAA Division I batting title his mm-hmm. junior year, hit 461. Mm. Wound up being a 300 hitter in the major leagues in a dozen years. So anyway, we thought it was really cool. It was the first time they had um, met as opponents in the mm-hmm. major league as far as coaching. And so we went up there to do a story. All about them. We took our new baseball coach, Mick Aoki, okay. uh, with us as well. So he got to meet Sean and Bud. And we had some baseball alums from the New York City area nice. who came as well. Uh, we had a blast. It was a, as everybody has asked me, it was, and, and we did an on field, Yankee Stadium on field interview okay. before the game with oh. Sean and Bud, Bud, as we like to call him affectionately. <laughs> uh, great guy. One of, one of the, who still lives here in Richmond, by he, the way. He was the manager of the Akron Rubber he Ducks was. for a little bit. Great trivia. Well done. Yeah. Uh, I had managed, a chance to uh, talk to him when he, uh, when he was the manager. Came through here through the yeah. Diamond, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, so he came up through the Indians' right. system and then moved over to the Blue Jays and has been their first base coach for the past five years. Wow, it's been that long. Yeah, okay. this is his fifth year uh, as first base coach in Toronto. So that was a blast. Now, we had to do it pretty early, so we were there to do it at 3. And, of course, Budzinski was right on time at 3. <laughs> Uh-oh. Meantime, at 3.20, we're, like, texting Sean Casey to come out of their clubhouse. <laughs> Like, we're waiting, you know, because he's the mayor. Right. And he talks to everybody. (laughs) So by the time he got out, it was like 20 after 3, which was still plenty of time. And we did a, you know, great interview because they didn't really need me. The two of them just Just (laughs) bantered back and forth for the most part. So that was a lot of fun. And then we hung around through batting practice. 
Uh, it was a long afternoon because we had to do the game. I mean, the interview early. We couldn't have done it once, like, the real batting mm-hmm. practice started. You, you don't want guys nah. from the two sides that late doing all that. So, so we had to be there early, which is fine. It was cool. Never been on the field at Yankee Stadium. I've been to Yankee Stadium before, but, you know, you go through the bowels of the stadium and you see everything. Did you see pictures? We did. There, there, were, there were more pictures than we know what to do with. <laughs> uh, so we have all of that. Uh, and then we stayed for the game and hung out with uh, Coach Aoki and the former Spider baseball players who were there. In the plush suite. It was in the plush suite. Um, not our own private suite, which is fine. That almost made it more fun. Right. It, it's it's a fan suite Okay. for people that have the seats in the 200 level of Yankee Stadium. It's somewhat similar to Nats Park from that standpoint. Okay. Nats Park kind of does the same thing. The 200 level, outdoor seating, Okay. but indoor you know, restaurant yeah, area, yeah. bar and restaurant area. So it was it was really fun. It was great. It was just a long, <laughs> long day. Uh, we left Richmond on a 6 a.m. flight yesterday, and okay. we came back on a 7.20 flight this morning. Wow. Yeah. And now I'm going to get back on a plane tomorrow <laughs> yes, to are. go to Stony Brook. Yes, you are. And I've said this a thousand times to everybody who said I'm an absolute idiot not to just stay up there, except I just was like, what am I going to do with the extra day? I'd have to rent a car drive out to Long Island, mm-hmm. get rid of the car, get back to the... If we had been busing up to Long Island tomorrow, I'd, I'd have stayed. But we're chartering. Like, so And late, not till, not till the afternoon. Not oh, till so like three. Yeah, I got all day tomorrow. I'm, and you had to do the coaches show And we did the today. coaches show today, which was fascinating with Aaron Trussler, our punter. Yes. Um, who revealed that he's got an NCAA waiver, so he's coming back next year. Good for him. He got another year, so Good he was really excited about that. You know, he has not been home yet since he came over here in the summer of 2021. Really? He has not been back to Australia. Wow. You know what's even more ironic? His girlfriend, a Richmond student, yeah. is spending the semester abroad <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> How ironic. How ironic wow. is that? And she's spending time with his family in Australia nice. while he's sitting over here punting footballs for us. Husband. timing with the I family. I guess there is. Yep. Nice. But the nice. family's like, well, as long as they stay together, I guess this is a draw for him to come back to Australia there at some you go. point. Well, how cool is that, though, to, to, to grow up in Australia and have a chance to see that culture and see all the pictures and mm-hmm. all of the landmarks in Australia? That's mm-hmm. got to be pretty cool. Yep. And he's that. loved it over here. Like, he came here sight unseen, basically. Really? I mean, pictures, videos. Yeah, but he didn't take an official did visit. Did not. Nope. When he wow. came, he was here to be here, and he has loved every minute of good it. Good for him. He's been a, a welcome addition on campus in, in every regard, and he's been a very good punter as I was well. I Coach Huseman gave him high, gave this the entire special teams group mm-hmm. high praise mm-hmm. last week against Delaware State. Uh, so much so that the Spiders, he, I mentioned today on the talk show, they will go after another Australian punter when uh, Trussler's time is okay. done, and he will probably help. I was going to say, there's alarm. your recruiting tool yeah. right there. Yep. And uh, Stony Brook's punter is an Australian punter Sunday, Saturday as well, so they know each other. They'll be probably so, on the field before yep. the game and talk over some things. See, all of this on Behind the Web in one hour today from nice. Brass Tap. So nice. it was actually a lot of fun and pretty revealing. And to your point about uh, Coach Usman singing the praises of the special teams, he also told you on the sideline after the game how disappointed he was in his defense, and apparently that was not lip service because he said today he went back on Sunday and watched, and the, watched tape, the game, and he felt even more disappointed. Really, by the Spider defense. So he's been on them all week. So I would be shocked if they don't have a really good performance 
on Saturday. He just, I mean, first of all, he's got to defend the fact that they gave up like 100 yards rushing, less than 300 yards total offense, Mm -hmm. no touchdowns, Mm -hmm. two field goals, three or four quarterback sacks, and yet he called it one of the worst defensive performances they've had in some time. He minced no words. Correct. After the game. I think he gave, I think the letter grade was, no, he said below average as far as the defensive performance. And I guess sometimes the box score really doesn't tell the whole story because you think, okay, they didn't give up an offensive touchdown. It had been over two years since they uh, allowed, did not allow an offensive touchdown in a game. And you're thinking, okay, everything's was pretty good. You get your first win. Defense holds the opponent out of the end zone. But when you really look at the game and you saw some big plays given up by the Spiders defense, you're probably saying, look, we should have – that should have been a more dominant performance given the competition and the fact that we did hold them out of the end zone and they still had – they had too many big plays in that game. And, you know, with Hughesman's face, uh, he can tell you how he feels just by his facial expressions. When I asked him that, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have asked it. But he, he did not hold anything back. Afterwards. Now, he did come clean today, and he basically said, look, we had more talent than they did. You know, and at the end of the day, right. talent will win out. And the expectations at that point are going to be higher given who we have as opposed to who they have. And we should have been able to, to I guess, be more – we should have taken care of business better in that situation than we did. Great learning experience in a win Yes, on the cusp of CAA play, which begins Saturday for Richmond. And the funny thing is when I asked him, I said the new season starts next week, which would be Saturday. He said, no, the new season started today, and this was the first step, and we didn't play our best in our in our new season. He was a little was, more pleased with the offense. Like Kyle Wickersham took a step forward. Abs- yeah. They went vertical down the field several times. Mm-hmm. They had good two-minute drive. And I counted the chunk good- plays because that, uh, yep. that was something he really yep. wanted. I counted uh, unofficially, and I was just on my score sheet, nine <laughs> chunk plays in the game. And his definition was between 12 and 15 yards of plays. And I had nine. So that's a really good sign mm-hmm. for him. And the offense that they were, like you said, they moved the ball. Coach October became a little aggressive with his play calling. Wickersham took what the defense gave him, and uh, they were able to be very effective offensively. Looking forward to it despite the weather. That's going to be the issue this weekend, all the rain and all the wind. Well, you'll be in that booth like you were at Sacramento State with all of that rain and wind. I remember still feeling very damp and very cold in that booth at Sacramento State. (laughs) Yes, even with the windows closed. It wasn't as bad as being out there. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But it did permeate. So it should be a little warmer Saturday in the 60s, but lots of rain, Mm -hmm. lots of wind. See how that will affect the game. Could be a low-scoring running game kind of thing. Well, you know what that means. The trenches. The trenches. Be one in the trenches, and he's going to put a lot of stock in that first, that front five. Can they do their job and create lanes and spaces for the running game to have a big game? Looking forward to it. And remember, I had said last week, and I'm going to stick to my guns. If the Spiders had a dominant performance, Coach Usman's analysis aside, <laughs> I'm calling 38 to six a dominant performance. Mm-hmm. If it was a dominant performance. They will win the next three, and in a month's time from last week, we'll be sitting here talking about a four and two, three and zero football team. So that's Stony Brook, that's Hampton, and is Maine. that Maine? Yep. And two of the three are at home. Yep. Yep. So it's there for the taking. It is. Thank you. It's that's there, exactly it's right. It's there for the taking. If the offense can continue what they do, and get some key stops, 
make some key plays on the defensive side is there for the taking. Mm-hmm. You could you could be you know in a month time you could sit three and zero, nice spot. I hope so. Yep. All right, there's your Richmond Spider segment. There you go. For the show, because the first part turned into a Spider segment when I talked about <laughs> Budzinski and Casey in the big leagues, um, which was, like I said, was a very fun trip. If you're interested in seeing and hearing the interview I did with them on the field, it'll be up probably next week. So they're they're playing three in New York this week and then mm-hmm. three in Toronto to next week. I actually had argued we should go to Toronto because that's a better city. Nice. I do not like New York, Sean. <laughs> I do not like. It's so hard to get around. It's yeah. It's big. It's cramped. It's dirty. That's why I don't like going to Barclays. I don't even like all the bright lights that yeah, we drove right through Times Square and and you was like all eh. that and it's it bright light. But there's traffic. I know. I sound like a wimp. Probably. I've gone to, I've gone to the just... garden one time. Me and our old photographer Chris Norton. We went to the garden in 2014. And I was like, I could not stand just all of that traffic, just getting to the guard. Luckily, our hotel was like, like a cat. It was like diagonally across the street, so we could walk over there. But just getting there was like, I can't. That's why I just, we always have the thing with me and Lane. Hey, if if A ten is in Barclays, A ten term is in Barclays. That's all you, buddy. You can take that. No, you can take that. DC, give it to me. I got DC. I'm with you. And Henrico, whenever that comes down. Yep. But New York, that is all you. I, I, I just, <laughs> I try every time to to like the excitement and the bright, and I just can't do it. And so, I would love to see the Barclays Center in person, but just, just. So you've never been there? I've never been. Great there. building, great, great yeah, he, building. And Lane has always said it's a great building. Wi Fi is is excellent, no <laughs> issues. I'm like, that's perfect. But trying to get up there, I would take a train and just uh, you know, just and do all of that. But just trying to drive and deal with all of that. Like, no. we left the hotel at 5.30 this morning to get to the airport, yeah. which was typically busy. The airport was typically oh, busy, yeah. but I get that. But it, our flight to, was at 7. That, that's, you're flying out of Lo- LaGuardia. LaGuardia. That's, yeah. that's business people and, and people. I, I get that. But at 5.30 in the morning, the streets are still jammed with traffic. That blows me. It, that blows uh, my mind. Not as bad as at, like, 4 in the afternoon, but it's... Right. At 5.30 know, in the morning, is that is It's that still congested. congested. That's a good word. So I'm, I'm out on New York. <laughs> I'll be at Barclays for the A10 tournament, but and then the following year it'll be in DC. It's where you'll be. We know you'll be at the I, A10 I'll tournament go, I'll in 2025, right? Yes, yes. A10 and DC. In I don't mind. I don't mind that. I know where the hotel is. I know how close it is to the arena. I can walk back. That's perfect. It's perfect. Uh, and by the way, I know we got to run. AJ's going to start jumping up and down in the in the booth there. <laughs> Is he? Not, not yet. Nope, not yet. Not he looks, yet. You look calm. I'm you reading. Like, you're <laughs> reading. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging on our ever. Obviously, this segment didn't go over very well. Oh, I mean, you, you guys lost me when you started talking about New York. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to read. Oh, that's right. He's a New York there guy. He loves New York. He's a New How York do guy. you love New York? How do you deal with what we've just been talking about? It's like, cool. why is that good? Why is that exciting? The subway. So the, the subway has its own issues that you got to deal with. As well, got to get to the subway you gotta first. Get there. You got to <laughs> deal with lots of people, I, and a close I, and a I close just, quarter. Like I'll take the uh, the metro in DC. Yeah. I, I think that's well done. Uh, anyway, All right, gentlemen, I, look, it's like this. Okay, I'll teach you. <laughs> first, first rule: don't look up. Don't look up. Don't yeah, look just up. don't. Just I know that the buildings are tall and it's oh, all exciting. Just, just keep your head down. When when you're walking slow on the stairs and you hear somebody say on your left, that means get to your right. <laughs> yeah, I got you. I got you. We're all gonna go field trip. See, I get all this stuff. I just don't like it. 
I just so, don't like the traffic. The now, I, I will say, I think that was my third time at Yankee, the new Yankee Stadium, and it is very nice. I mm-hmm. do like the ballpark. Uh, you know, we talk all the time about ballparks that we like. Yeah. Them. Like, you know, since they built it like the old Yankee Stadium and it has the white, whatever, mm-hmm. facade up top. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, where we were sitting and, and enjoying food and drink was great. And the people were great. Their PR people couldn't have been kinder and, Good. you know, happy to have us there. I mean, it's a terrible Most year. Most important people. It, in, it's in a terrible franchise. year for the Yankees, so they're probably just happy that anybody's anybody's <laughs> coming. So, uh, and boy, they are bad, by the way. They are. Like, they got beat bad again last night. It was 6-1. to one. And I said to the group we were with, I'm like, they're a boring team. Mm. Like, they strike out a lot. And, and that's, that's unshawn Casey-like. Yeah, I don't, yeah, we'll see what happens there. You know, don't he know. didn't strike out a lot. He did not. You're right. So I'm, I'm, maybe they, you know, just overly anxious, overly aggressive, and there's trash everywhere. It smells funny. Are you guys done? Back yeah, <laughs> and that's just the Yankees yeah. we're talking about. Boom, boom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hit the button and we'll move on. AJ, go. Here's what's coming up on today's sports huddle. Just a huge fan of sports. This is the River City Rundown. Rundown. You know, I feel like he hit that with like anger and venom. Like, it just sounded different when you hit that. A little bit. Little we are bit. always in sync. My it's like I could tell you were like, boom, I'm hitting this. It's going to hit you black. It's going to hit you. I could, I could just feel it there. Can't R- talk about New York. River City Red Death brought to you by the Richmond chapter of the American Red Cross. I'm sure they have a fine New York chapter of the American Red Cross also. Love you guys. Your, your help is needed for the Red Cross to continue to be on call for local and national emergencies. To learn how you can volunteer or donate blood, visit redcross.org. High school football. The chopper is out front. You're headed to the game tonight. We're heading to Dinwiddie. That's why I have to leave a little early today because the chopper, you know, it's not a quick trip (laughs) from these here parts to Dinwiddie. Wow. Had to to change my itinerary because of this inclement forecast that's expected this weekend. So we're supposedly going to Petersburg, which I could have left at at 6 o'clock. But when they said Dinwiddie, like the chopper's got to leave a little early. So. Right. Got to head down there. Big matchup, top 10 matchup between Hopewell and Dinwiddie tonight. We're going to uh, talk about that and more. Rob Witham's going to join us, RVA Sports Network. He and Sean have their fingers on the pulse of all things high school football. Um, so, again, I'll step back, get out of their way, and they can talk <laughs> high school football. Rob hasn't been on with us in a while. I'm really looking forward to catching up with him. He joins us at 4.30 this afternoon, which is coming up real quick. Um, <laughs> you got to control us better than this, AJ. Come on, man. He I likes, like where we're at. You do? Okay. He likes the You'll conversation. See. I just looked at the clock. I'm like, it's already 20? 20 after 4. We're still we're rambling rolling. about how much I hate New York. <laughs> I'm going to write that song. I hate Newton. Oh, look at that. No, we're not, doing, we're that. not going there. 530 Darrell Owens is going to join us from Legacy Maker Sports Network. We'll talk some, not only Washington Commanders, Sean, but our guy went out there to the Commanders game against Denver last Sunday, and he got out there early, so Saturday he hung out with Coach Prime. He was in Boulder. He was. I'm like, well, look at that. I saw some pictures on social media. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> How is he doing he this? He got to go to, he got to see the was right there in person to see Colorado, he Colorado did. State. He Check sure him out. So we will uh, talk with him about all of that at 530. All right, let's get a break in here. 804-327-0888. We remind you that all the time to call in and be on the air with us or just text us. 327-0888. With Sean Robertson from CBS6, I'm Bob Black. AJ pushing the buttons as he's about to do in 3, 2, 1. 
As Blink-182 once eloquently stated, work sucks, I know. Well, we too know that work sucks. And while we may not have roses by the stairs, we do have podcasts of all our shows and interviews available at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Just search ESPN Richmond. See that? That was really kind of cool. Well, the ESPN Sports Center update at the top of the hour talked about this as a story and a possibility, but Adam Schefter now confirming Trayvon Diggs torn ACL in practice. Mm. Out. That's a huge blow because it, wow. I would assume it's going to change up Coach Dan Quinn's play calling defensively. When you got yeah. two bookend corners, Diggs and Gilmore, on the back end of that of that pass rush, you know, you could be more aggressive. Now you take, you know, the who was the interception leader two years ago when he had what eleven at that point? Gilmore's still very, very good, but now you're asking somebody else to fill Diggs' spot. So you wonder, you know, how aggressive do they do they remain Sunday in Arizona against Josh Dobbs? I think they still remain pretty aggressive there. I think in the short term they're okay because yeah. they've got Arizona. Right. Right. But you're gonna see some heavy Look, hitters. They're in a they're in a big time division this year, between the Eagles, the Giants. Well, the Giants are only so so, and they'll probably lose tonight too, right? Forty nine. The Thursday night no game Saquon at, at yeah. San Francisco, yep. but you still got Dallas, Washington, and Philly. Combined seven and one. That's pretty strong so far. Yeah, yeah. even with the Giants, it's seven with, and one, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they got to play the AFC East, so you got to still Oof. see Buffalo. Yep. You still got to see uh, Miami and that prolific offense. Uh, New England, eh? You've already taken care of the Jets, but but still, that's uh, you're going to see some heavy hitters, and you still got to see the Eagles twice, got to see the Commanders twice, Giants one more time. Um, yeah, that's that's a huge loss. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll we'll see when the competition gets tougher, how big of a loss that will be for Diggs not in that lineup. Uh, I'm not going to let the chopper take off until uh, get a few perspectives from you on Bills Commanders Sunday. Not now. Yes. Hang on to that one. Yes. You know, that's a big one. Be that's, thinking about that's that. That's a litmus one. test. That's a litmus that's test. That's what Ron Rivera said, anyway. That's a litmus yeah. test. You, t- you took care of some games that you probably shouldn't have won. The Denver game, I think, you know, mm-hmm. for them to come back the way that they did. They did. That ah, was they're better than Denver. They were better than Denver. They should have been, but they shouldn't have been 21 3 down. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> I don't, because the part of the, I didn't see that part of the game. I mentioned this earlier in the week. I just thought they were so much clearly better. Bigger, stronger, faster, better yeah. than Denver from the part I watched, which was right before halftime. Yeah, twenty-one three. I was like, the what? end of the game. But I then, just... but we saw we saw Sam Howell now come back from some adversity. You're yeah. down twenty-one three. You're on the road. Came back to take the lead. Defense should have never given up that hail mary. Never should have right. given up that hail mary. Yeah, that was lucky. Yeah, that was yeah. They should have knocked it down. Yeah, I know. Um, but. Sometimes to me, that's harder said than done. Previous teams would have lost that game. They would have been blown oh, out. No doubt. They would have been blown no out doubt. in Denver. But for them to come back and win that game, but Sunday, yeah, huge litmus test for this group. Uh, At home, that, sold out. That, yeah, it is sold out again. Yeah. That, that's coming up a little bit later on the show. Rob Witham is coming up after the break. But before we get to the break, let's do what's been very popular to do this week and give away another Yeti Cooler Cup. I have been told by my producer to emphasize both cooler, mm. Yeti cooler, because I guess that's the name, mm-hmm. but it's a cup. It's not like the cooler you're going to go take to FedEx on Sunday and tailgate with mm. and put all your beverages and Which would be it. nice. Which would be nice, yeah. but you can put your beverage, your one single beverage, into the Yeti cooler cup. 
that we're giving away courtesy of Green to Top Sporting yeah. Goods up there non-alcoholic. in Ashland. Non-alcoholic? <laughs> into the games? No, not in, out in the parking lot. You can take that to work all you want, just not in the games. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Yes. And who knows what's in in it because it's not clear. That's right. Right? Oh, and AJ's holding up his Yeti cooler cup. You, you can get away with a lot in that cup there, uh, So wait AJ. a minute. The producer got one, but well, the, ta- yeah, the, talent the talent didn't get, didn't one? get one. Ain't that some stuff? This is Sprite, guys. Nothing. I, I yeah. don't care about the no, beverage yeah. that's in We're it. We're talking about the, we the actual the, what's holding the, the beverage. cooler cup. Yeah, what's holding the beverage? <laughs> the talent deserves that. Yes, it does. Yes, we do. We use that term loosely anyway. We'll talk about that after the break. I don't want all of the all of the audience to, to know. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> all right. I should really make them work hard, like make it caller number like six, six. for CBS oh, six. Like that. Can I do that, AJ? You can do it every Would you that want. challenge you? Let's do it. Caller number six. Caller number six, 804-327-0888 for the Yeti Cooler Cup. Courtesy of Green Top Sporting Goods up there in Ashland. A guy who knows a lot about Ashland is yes, going to join does. us next. <laughs> Rob Witham, RVA locals only in the good old days here on 1061 ESPN. Uh, RVA Sports Network joins us next on the Sports Hour. Second straight playoff appearance out of the CAA. Follow them on their quest every step of the way. Here on your home for the Richmond Spiders, 1061 ESPN. <laughs> Thirty-two on the Sports Auto. Welcome back, Bob Black here, Sean Robertson from CBS Six over there, and um, man, I'm excited. Every time we have this guy on, it's been a while too. But I think it was the off in, in it's August, been a while. right? Right before the season started. Well, he he's almost as hardworking as you are. Maybe he is. <laughs> I don't know. You're, you guys are tied. We to flip the top. a coin. You do. <laughs> Rob with him. RBA Sports Network joins us this afternoon. Yeah. Sean gets heads, and it's a two-headed coin. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that, Rob. (laughs) How you doing, my friend? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing great. Are you at a game? On your way to a game? What are you? What are you doing, man? No, we are we are kind of hanging tough. Uh, my number one priority tonight actually is to um, help my wife get our backyard secured <laughs> before whatever comes up late yeah. Friday night and Saturday, and uh, also a little bit of extra prep time for the uh, tomato bowl tomorrow night since it's been moved up an hour to six p.m. Well, since you mentioned that, I said this to uh, to Sean, and I get it, Rob. I understand it, and I'm doing this a little tongue in cheek, but being a guy who's been around here a little bit. Tomato Bowl 65, I see you have at the top of your website at rvasportsnetwork.com. Patrick Henry at Mechanicsville. It just doesn't look right, Rob. It just doesn't look right. Well, yeah, and and you can only imagine for someone who grew up in and went to one of those two aforementioned schools, um, it 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 still doesn't it, it doesn't ring. You know, the, the name change and all. Okay, I I understand. I'm I've, I'm I'm you know through that and and over it. But you know, in, in the good old in the good old days, I know I've been to tomato bowls back in the 1980s where there were probably six, seven, eight thousand people. Mm-hmm. 
simply because it was the only it was the only county game of the year. It was East versus West, and mm-hmm. you know things changed when Atlee opened in 1991, but then things really changed when Hanover opened 20 years ago. Um, and it just doesn't have the same, you know, for those under 40, they really don't understand just how much history is behind this. But it's been a few years since I've been able to cover a tomato bowl. And even though the two teams are struggling, I thought we've we got to get to this one. So I'm still looking very much forward to being there. Yeah, absolutely. So who do you think has uh, – we'll bury the headline a little bit here with the Hopewell-Dinwiddie <laughs> game, which is where we we're going to start and which is where Sean is headed tonight. But uh, who's got the upper hand in the Tomato Bowl 65? Patrick Henry is way too talented to be an 0-4 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at their opener against Louisa. They lost their starting quarterback in the second quarter uh, to, con- to uh, concussion protocol. Uh, that kind of stalled their offense and allowed Louisa to get a lead that they didn't relinquish. They've had one-score games with Glenn Allen and Hermitage. They went overtime with Mills Godwin in a game that, frankly, they should have won. Um, so obviously they've dug a huge hole in what is an ultra competitive class four region B. Uh, I really think they, they it's not just think they're going to win. I think they absolutely have to win that game tomorrow night to at least have a win under the, in the corner because they've still got some big games coming up down the stretch. I was going to say, Robin, offensively, they've got to score more than one touchdown. You know, the last two oh, yeah. games, Glenn Allen two field goals they were in the red zone four or five times came out with two field goals and then against hermitage again you only get six points in a game that you could have easily won you could easily be three and one at this point in the year for coach wakefield no doubt about it three and one and and possibly possibly even four and oh had Grayson Johnson been able to play the whole game against Louisa because Louisa is not what they have been in the last several years. They're still good, but they're not what we have become accustomed to Louisa good. They lost a couple of studs in a um, yeah. uh, move over to a private school and Sabian Hyder and Dysier Carter going over to Woodbury Force. So they're kind of at the restart button too, but there's just too much talent for this Patrick Henry team to be where they're in right now. And I know Coach Wakefield's got to be extremely frustrated, but if there's anyone who can keep a level head and get them to turn this thing around and and still be in the conversation come the first Friday night in November, it's Coach Wakefield. Well, you talked about the ultra-competitive Class 4, the defending champs in Class 4. Got a big game tonight at home against Dinwiddie. I'm sorry, against Hopewell. We're speaking of Dinwiddie coming off a loss against Morey last Friday against an undefeated Hopewell team that's got some really good talent led by Keyshawn Henderson. They most certainly do. But uh, in terms of, you know, they got the great win over Lake Taylor. And it's hard to tell right now how good Lake Taylor is after falling both to Hopewell and to St. Christopher's. I think some people were very surprised at the final score of the St. Chris game. And that's not to to little St. Christopher's at all. We've got just a bevy of great teams over NBIS AA Division I this year. Um, I, I think Hopewell steps up one big, big notch in competition tonight. I think that they catch Dinwiddie at a time that's going to be very difficult simply because Coach Mills and Harry Dalton and the gang, they realize the bottom line is their record is 2-2. Two and two. Yes, they have lost to two incredibly talented teams, one in Ohio and Maury, which is, you know, no sin losing to them, obviously, after what they've done the last two weeks against the 804. Uh, I, I think Dinwiddie being at home tonight, they're going to hold serve. 
they realize what's ahead of them in getting back into the postseason. They know King George is still lurking. Eastern View is back, as to they were before the COVID pandemic. And that doesn't even begin to talk about the Varinas and the other local teams that are you know, looking at, at making a playoff appearance there in force. So I, I really like Dinwiddie's chances tonight. Let's be back at home. Their second of a three-game homestand that ends next week against Thomas Dale, who is still undefeated. That's a tough schedule. That's right. Yeah, that was that was that was their first wow. three home games: Maury, Hopewell, and Thomas Dale. That is a gauntlet for for <laughs> Dinwiddie. Do the uh, offensive stars shine in this one, Rob? Or there's some defensive guys you think are going to be stand out? I think you'll see points on the scoreboard, but mm-hmm. I think it's going to come down to a couple of big defensive stops and maybe even a turnover or two. Um, so I would keep an eye on that, especially after halftime. I think a close game at the half and maybe a couple of plays goes Dinwiddie's way and they're able to put it away in the fourth. Does this uh, does this rivalry have any kind of name to it? There's no, like, tomato bowl attack. I mean, no. they've, been, they've been playing this one for a long time, too, right? They've been playing it for right? a long time, too. Uh, to my knowledge, there's no nickname huh. to this rivalry. Um, now, when I was in school, the big rivalry with Dinwiddie was Petersburg. Mm-hmm. And it's still there, but I think if you want like a, a like a, I guess, a top 10 or a marquee rivalry, you would probably put Hopewell and Thomas Dale in that mix. But I still think that intense rivalry will always be with Petersburg. Still close. You had a lot of West Petersburg kids going to Dinwiddie. Uh, even when Dinwiddie wasn't that good before Billy Mills, they always played Petersburg tough. Uh, so it, it it's, that robbery will always always be there, and that's I don't think that has a nickname either. Not not the robbery. Go ahead, Rob. Yeah, not not that I know of, guys. But yeah, I agree, Sean. And a lot of people don't realize the history between you know Prince George and Hopewell. That's a backyard yeah. ball too that a lot of people have forgotten about in recent years. A whole lot, frankly, like the Tomato Bowl, simply because of the way things have changed. Whether it's new schools coming in, demographics changing, um, the schools becoming better at football, st- schools that were traditionally good that have now struggled in recent years. Uh, you know, it, it, all of that comes into play. Yeah, the last big marquee. Uh, Prince George Hopewell game was 2019, which was uh, the Hopewell State Championship team, and Trevion Henderson had like five touchdowns in that game. And he scored three different ways. So yeah, that Prince George is, is on the come up, and Hopewell is is trying to make their presence known in uh, in 3A. I want to talk about your top 12 poll, uh, Rob, because we've heard a lot of uh, things about Holland Springs remaining number one, even though they had lost earlier in the year, but they didn't drop. Were you getting like some some feedback about? you know, Holland Springs remaining, but like other teams who lost got moved, but Holland Springs did not. Um, I haven't gotten a lot of blowback about the Highland Springs situation. Um, And I think part of that is because of what they did prior to the loss against Mari. Mm-hmm. I mean, to go down to, to Miami, Florida, you think about just the logistics of, mm-hmm. you know, flying mm-hmm. your entire football program from Richmond to Miami, having to make sure that everybody's in bed check and taken care of and ready, and you go and you play the game and you beat them, and there's a lot of emotion with it with Coach Johnson. Um, yeah, that, that was extremely impressive. Um, so we learned last week that Mari is no fluke. They're good. As they come in, they, they give Highland Springs that loss, and then they turn around, they come to Dinwiddie, and they hand them a 17-point loss. Um, so not a whole lot of talk in terms of Highland Springs. Did get some chatter, though, about Dinwiddie dropping. Yeah. And, and frankly, I thought the, the reason there is simply because the bottom line is no matter how much you – 
Um, you know, you know what's your schedule? You try to schedule tough. You try to schedule tough, but you can't, or whatever the case may be. The bottom line is they're still two and two. They have suffered two losses, mm-hmm. and so something has to be kind of a taken into account with that. But again, you know, all Dinwiddie has to do, and the bottom line is they're they're just worried about where they're going to be positioning. You know, come Region Four B playoff time, and you get started tonight by you know beating a very good Hopewell team. Yep. Is there anybody, fellas, and I haven't really looked overall at the schedule, though, Rob, you do a good job. You've got their next opponent up there that you would, quote, unquote, put on upset alert this week out of that that group of top teams. Oh, I can see both of you guys thinking really hard about that. Maybe the answer is no, there's nobody really on upset alert. I think Holland Springs wins. They should win Friday. They got Riverbend, I believe. Is that right? Yep. Yes. They should win that. Um, and obviously the top matchups. That, that, let's that, not put in there. That Dinwid- I won't say it's an upset, but right. I, I would I would watch out if I'm if I'm Dinwiddie tonight. Yeah, that might you qualify. know the, the question would be the hangover. They 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 played well for a half against Moore. They were up at the break. Uh, Moore then turned around, outscored them twenty seven to eight in the second half. The question would be how is is it is it going to be a long hangover for Dinwiddie? It's a short week. They were going to play tomorrow. It's a short mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be leery about that matchup because Hopewell is good. They've beaten two seven five seven schools this year. They beat Lake Taylor. They beat Churchland last week convincingly. Um, that would be a, that would be a matchup. I, I don't know if I would call that an upset, but if it's a higher you know higher ranked team, mm-hmm. that would be the matchup I would watch out for. It would be Dinwiddie Hopewell. Yeah. What else yeah, you like, guys, Rob? I, what else you like? Uh, Give me another uh, yeah, game or two. Yeah, two games that I'm keeping my eye on tomorrow. Um, all of a sudden, Powhatan at Huguenot has become sneaky good. Yeah. Uh, Charles Scott, the new head coach at Huguenot, they've got something rolling there. And Powhatan has what's becoming a pretty doggone good passing attack. Um, so that one in the Dominion should be great. And I, I tell you, after being at Mills Godwin Hanover last Friday night and watching them erase a 21 nothing lead, uh, and, and do what they did to Patrick Henry, come back late, didn't have to go to overtime, field goal with six seconds left to beat Hanover 24-21. You know, if Hermitage is up at the fourth quarter tomorrow night at Chester Fritz, don't go home, even if it's pouring <laughs> rain, because Mills Godwin has showed they're going to utilize all 48 minutes of the clock and then some. That should be a barn burner. They've, as you mentioned, the fact that they've done it more than once this year has given them the confidence that they can play with anybody, anywhere, and if you're down, that they will find a way to come back and do it. They beat Patrick Henry on the road. They won at Hanover. Those are two tough places in Hanover County to win at, and they did it this year in a three-week span. Now you go to Hermitage. It's Kenny's first trip back since he left Hermitage against the guy he coached, uh, coached, and he was an assistant with the last couple of years, so there's going to be a lot of emotion there. But yeah, that's that's going to be that's going to be our game of the week uh, this week at uh, at CBS Six Mills Godwin and Herman. So I will be there. Hopefully, the the rain will will not take place until after the, the final not whistle. For all you guys, yeah, hopefully. But that that is that is a good one. That is a good one. Two unranked teams in our poll, but they're they're right there on the cusp of our top ten. 
uh, most certainly most certainly correct, Sean. You got to go in. You got to twist Zach and their arms over there in the weather department and see if we can't get all this in before the monsoon hits. I Absolutely. hope. Well, you I guys, hope. you guys stay dry where you're headed, uh, Sean tonight, and t- tonight you're good. Tomorrow yes. as well. And uh, Rob, stay dry out there. Have a great tomato bowl uh, broadcast. And hey, you're, the college team you're following up there. I know they're off this weekend. Uh, they can enjoy that. Randolph Macon looks as good as ever, don't they, Rob? Yes, sir. They certainly do. And with you know, with forty seniors and seventeen fifth years, and yep. so many key people who have come back in that team, they've scored fifty plus points in all three of their first games. All non-conference wins. Coach would have liked to have had a stronger non-conference schedule. It didn't work that way. Now you get the bye week on a perfect week here weather-wise. You don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. And now we get ready for ODAC play. They go down to Greensboro next week to take on Guilford, and then things only get tighter from there. But the National press is liking them up to number 11 in the last D3 football top 25. So some respect being put on the Yellow Jackets name, and it's been fun to watch. As well they should. That's crazy. 40 seniors and 17 fifth-year players on this roster. That is correct. Yeah, senior day is going to have to start Friday night. (laughs) I was going to say. That's Very crazy. Good, the whole good. field is going to be filled with yes, yellow jackets yes, for, that, for that uh, ceremony, and well, that's and that's the game, that's in the game final game. That's right for um, uh, for, um, for Coach Marty uh, uh, Favorite and yep. Hampton Sydney. So that yeah, a lot of emotion on the game this year. Yep, absolutely. Hey, no everybody, everybody wants to be with a winner, Man. so they're sticking around. One more go for those yellow jackets. Rob, always a pleasure. Let's catch up again as this high school season keeps and the college season keeps moving along. Sounds great. Thanks, gentlemen. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Stay safe up there. Rob with the RVA Sports Network. Uh, yeah, it turns out to be a pretty good slate of games for you guys. Gonna now, be it. tonight, and yeah. tomorrow. Good yeah. matchups. I didn't even think about Powhatan and, and Huguenot. That is going to be a, an interesting matchup in the in the Old Dominion District with what Mike Henderson has done. Got a good quarterback. His son is a really good receiver uh, in this area, and Huguenot. They pulled off two big wins uh, with new head coach Charles Scott. Got those first two wins under his belt, and uh, it, it should be uh, should be interesting with those two and Godwin Hermitage and also uh, Dinwiddie Hopewell uh, tonight. Get Mike's son to Richmond, and there could be another father son duo that He's I could He's good. Broadcast. Got good size. He's got good hands. Uh, above average speed out there. Um, I think a few have looked at him, but uh, yeah, I mean, he could. I think he would be a perfect fit for hmm. Richmond. Absolutely interesting. All right, let's get a break in here as we get you up to the top of the hour. Uh, ESPN Sports Center update. We'll have more on uh, Trayvon Diggs out with the ACL. Uh, preview of the Thursday night NFL game, San Francisco and the Giants, and much more. We'll be back right after the break. 1061 ESPN. Roll toward the 2023 postseason. There is one goal in mind a World Series title. An aspiration they share with a few others. You can hear all the action here on your exclusive home for the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 1061 ESPN Richmond. A couple minutes before we break for the top of the hour, Sports Center. Coming up, Sean and I were just sitting here talking weather more than anything and how it will impact uh, high school, college, and NFL games this weekend. I feel like we get one of these a year, like one weekend a year at least in the football season. But that was twice because two weeks ago, several delays delays up and down the East Coast. Tech had the five-plus-hour weather delay. UVA had the hour delay against Madison. Uh, 
uh, in the lower schools, Union had a two-plus-hour delay in Raleigh. Virginia State had a two-plus-hour home delay when they played Tuscan. So it's twice in three weeks. Hopefully, you know, we, we got to pay attention to the forecast tonight. Mm-hmm. When is that weather coming in? Is it like overnight Friday into Saturday morning? How long into Saturday will this affect us? And then, you know, in the beach area and also in northern Virginia, because you got the Ravens and Red, oh, say Redskins, Commanders. I saw the helmet. I'm seeing the old it's logo. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, uh, and the Commanders, <laughs> that could play a part um, in that, those two home matches, home games. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Mother Nature is going to have her hands uh, involved in a lot of matchups mm-hmm. this weekend. All the way up the East Coast, too. Like, yeah. all the way up towards close to New England, certainly through New York State. For sure. Uh, and depends on how early it comes in here Friday. Could impact uh, Brandon Armstrong's return to Scott Stadium for NC State and UVA on Friday night. Big one. He's had that one circled. He's got two coordinators coming back. I believe uh, the old former OC coach and I, the former offensive line coach, is now at NC State mm-hmm. as well. Um, he, he's, he, he wants to prove them wrong. Of course, UVA. With Calandria, I believe, is going to start. I would think so, yes. Um, who's played well mm-hmm. in spots. Um, this this, this is the turning point. You know, if you go 0-4 with Boston College and Wake, and I was going to say Wake, and William & Mary next, the next two weeks after this. Well, if you get Friday night. You're 1-3. You put a positive spin on the next two weeks. Yeah. You get All a couple respect days. to William & Mary, it's really good. But, again, it's an FCS yes. playing an FBS. So, but I, I have seven thirty Friday night, NC State at Virginia on ESPN. Keep the weather away until ten thirty, eleven o'clock. I wonder. I wonder if, for some reason, and I know Carolina, NC State has been up and down this year. They haven't been the the juggernaut, but if they're up by like say fourteen, seventeen points late second half, does Armstrong say? Let's pile it on a little bit. <laughs> or does he say, look, I've got some friends on that sideline that I went to war with. You know, given especially what happened last year, I was a part of that team that dealt with that tragedy. Does he do the class thing and say, let me lay off? Pay attention to that in the second half. If this game turns out to be a blowout, what will NC State do at that point, should they be should they be leading? Have to be more than fourteen or seventeen. Fourteen or seventeen, yeah. depending how much time's left, could still be up in the air a little right. bit. But if they're up twenty four, something like that, I, I'll bet he I'll bet he backs off the. Bat. I hope so. I think that even I though think they personally will. he would no, want to put it will. on him, but I think he will he will lay back just a little bit. Just keep that in mind when you're watching the game Friday. All night. right, buy a ticket and find out. Yes. Or tune into ESPN <laughs> and find out uh, tomorrow night at seven thirty. ESPN Sports Center is straight ahead, and then Sean and I are back with the second hour of the Thursday Feel Good edition of the Sports Hour. When flying out of Richmond, just park.